This is Bunny Michael. When you approach your life from the consciousness of your higher self, the knowing how worthy you are, every aspect of your life begins to change. Your relationships, your career, your self-care, your body image, everything. Because this is the process of unlearning the conditioning of our culture that raised us to believe we have to prove ourselves to belong. True success starts with knowing how much you deserve. Following your higher self is an awakening process and it's no easy feat. But as you will hear from the callers on this podcast, our paths might look different, but our journey is the same. Welcome to EXO Higher Self. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 95. This is Bunny, and you're listening to EXO Higher Self. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited because I'm about to share with you my interview with astrologer Elisa Kelly. And I go through the whole like background of her, but I just wanted to say before I play, before I get started, is that Elisa is honestly so cool, like an amazing, amazing person. And she's my new friend because we found out in the process of getting to know each other that she also lives upstate part time. And we've been like hanging out since this interview. And now we're like friends. And (laughs) so I'm really excited to finally get to share it with you because it also was like a budding relationship. It's so important for me to like, and for everybody to make friends and community with people who are on similar paths. It's so, so important. So I'm super psyched for you to meet her because she's just like the absolute coolest. All right, let's take it away. Hello, EXO Higher Self fam. Welcome to another episode. I am so excited to have Aliza Kelly the powerhouse astrologer who I'm such a big fan of as a guest today. Elisa Kelly is a celebrity astrologer, columnist, best-selling author, and host. Referred to as a rising star in modern spirituality, Elisa has been featured in the New York Times, the New Yorker, Vogue, InStyle, The Cut, and numerous other publications. She's the author of three books, The Mixology of Astrology, love that name, Cosmic Cocktails, <laughs> Recipes for Every Sign, Starring You, A Guided Journey Through Astrology, and This Is Your Destiny, Using Astrology to Manifest Your Best Life. Along with Will Arnett, Aliza was a producer and consulting astrologer behind Quibi's top performing show, Your Daily Horoscope. She's a recurring guest on The Drew Barrymore Show and has appeared on E! Close Up and The Today Show. In addition, Aliza maintains her role as the resident astrologer of Cosmopolitan Magazine, hosts a weekly astrology podcast, Stars Like Us, which has been praised by Mashable, Newsweek, Bustle, among many others. She's also the host of People Magazine's weekly pop culture show. Show Celebrity Astrology Investigation, which launched on People TV and YouTube October 12th, 2021. Elisa is also at the helm of the Constellation Club, a robust community and virtual coven that inspires connection based on astrology, spirituality, compassion, and kindness. Over her career, Elisa has hosted hundreds of workshops, organized multi-day retreats, and consulted thousands of individuals on their unique birth charts. Elisa resides in New York with her Aries fiance and Scorpio rescue pup. 
Wow. I th- I, I'm so sorry. I thought you had the abridged version. I did no, I wanted to say all, no, I, I wanted to say all the things. Humiliating. Why? <laughs> Do not be humiliated. It is so impressive and so inspiring. I mean, you are doing so many things. You're wow. I mean, you're really, really doing a lot and having a huge impact on people. And that's amazing. It's so, so awesome. I definitely, I, I, I feel it in my calendar. (laughs) I feel, I feel like how all, when hearing all that is like, yeah, this is fucking busy ass schedule. Yeah. Sometimes, (laughs) sometimes you need to hear it, you know, cause you kind of like, that's true. That's true. I totally feel that. Um, we kind of just got to know each other semi recently with starting being one of the small group of people that got to start the IG subscriptions program. And we kind of found out who each other were through that. And then I was a guest on your podcast. Then we ended up doing an IG live with Instagram creators. And so we are the kind next of day. the next the day, next day. Really fun. Yeah. We didn't even realize it until we were like, Oh yeah. Hi again. Um, so this is kind of our third like video chat together. And it's been really, really great getting to know you, but I'm actually really interested even personally, just finding out how you got into this and how you got started with your journey as a healer and in astrology and and what what was kind of the catalyst in you realizing that this was what you were meant to be doing? Well, um, It was a long journey. It was not um, something, obviously, I mean, and maybe not obviously, because sometimes it's like when you hear a a bio and it has like all of these buzzwords and publications and there's like celebrity names getting thrown around, you'd be like, who's this bitch? You know, like, where'd she come from? But the truth is, is that it's been, you know, it really took a very long time to figure out what I wanted to do in the first place, let alone Mm -hmm. figure out then when I'm in the space, then I'm doing something that feels very um, soul and heart led, like how that actually looks and the choices that I make or the choices that I don't make surrounding it. Um, And it's still something I'm figuring out. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I started this journey in my early 20s when I was living in Los Angeles. um, And it came from feeling extremely fragmented and not knowing at all what I wanted to do and feeling not just like fragmented on a daily level, like fragmented on an existential level, you know, like really unclear as to who I was. Um, I felt like I had been kind of putting on a lot of outfits for my whole life and nothing was fitting anymore. And I didn't know what I wanted to wear or who I actually like, how I wanted to express myself. And Mm -hmm. finding out that I had this birth chart was an extraordinarily eye-opening experience for me Mm. because it was the first time that I had uh, discovered a language that spoke to my, well, spoke to having a multidimensional personality, you know, like a Mm -hmm. multidimensional being and that there were things that I externalized and things that I internalized and I communicated differently than I moved through the world and I moved through the world differently than I felt responsible for, you know, X amount of things. And it, it illuminated, you know, the very difficult 
upbringing that I had Mm -hmm. um, and it illuminated the very hard financial position that I was in at that moment and that I had sort of at that point like identified as sort of this chronic issue of like not knowing how to manage money because I was raised in a family that didn't know how to manage it, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was just like all of these pieces in my personal life were, um, were finally there was like symbolism and language and something that I could hold on to, to anchor myself and to learn more about. And that gave me permission to be a complex multidimensional person. Um, yeah. And that was really powerful, but that was like a long time before (laughs) I even started to, you know, that's (laughs) the difference between me first realizing how astrology could heal me. And Mm -hmm. then me making a career out of doing Mm -hmm. what I'm doing. There was Mm -hmm. a huge gap between Uh, that. Um, and a lot of it had to do with also me, being afraid to be an astrologer because I was Mm -hmm. afraid of the, I was afraid of being stigmatized. I was afraid Mm -hmm. of being, I was afraid of like losing, um, people's respect. I was afraid of being thought of as a joke. I was afraid of it being something that wasn't societally, uh, accepted. And at Mm -hmm. that time it, it was different than it is now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. it's been, yeah, it's been a process. <laughs> yeah, it, it is always a process. And there really isn't like a simple answer as to like how you aligned with um, your purpose, but it does tend to be, and we talk about a lot on Exo Higher Self, how these situations that are challenging can spark this opening in us and this inspiration in us. And, and when we get help or when we find a source of healing for ourselves, how we feel called to help other people in that way. And it's just such a beautiful experience to be able to do that um, in, in small ways and in big ways, whether it's a career or just, you know, you talking to your friend and, totally. and how important that is and, and really realizing that um, you mentioned how back in the day, astrology isn't, wasn't viewed as much like as popular as it is now. And to me, like, I don't know if it's my algorithm or what, but it seems to be everywhere. Everybody posting about it, everybody talking about it on Twitter, you know, people talking about, and for the first time, it seems like people are talking about more than just their sun sign and all of that stuff. And I know for me during the 2020 election, I don't know like a ton about astrology. I've dabbled here and there. I, I'll nerd out on the astrology podcast sometimes and try to like get all technical <laughs> and then try to really learn and like get nerdy and feel like a cool nerd in that way. And like kind of retain some hard of it. Relate, some of it hard relate. Yeah, okay. I'd be like on my, in the pandemic, I'd be like on my um, Peloton and be like, okay, yeah. Like following what they're saying. Yeah. Um, Shout out to Chris Brennan. Oh my God, I love, down. love Chris Brennan. <laughs> Love Chris Brennan. Um, but the reason was because I was so anxious, obviously, about the 2020 election and then the pandemic and everything, and us all feeling just pushed into this really huge unknown space. Everybody, the entire world. And of course, during those times, people look for answers in all different kinds of ways. And they look for guidance, uh, reassurance. And I'm wondering how you feel about being in a position or maybe 
I, I don't think a lot of times people talk about sort of the ethical issues with astrology when it comes to how you see it playing a role in um, politics, in social justice, in, you know, global issues and how you kind of, uh, how, what your voice is in that as a astrologer or what, how you feel about that. It's such a great question and it's such a complicated one. I mean, mm-hmm. in 2016, at the 2016 election is when mm-hmm. I saw the first mainstream motion towards astrology. Prior to that, because I had been, I started working in astrology in 2013. And for those three years, uh, between 2013 and 2016, it was really it was, it was like pulling teeth to get any interest in astrology, you know, like Mm. people were like, Ooh, you know, like, that's like, we don't like, that's so passe, you know, it Mm -hmm. was like, not something that, uh, any like magazines were spotlighting at all at that time. It was actually like really uncool in a way. It wasn't Um, trending. It was not trending. Yeah. 2016 at the Trump election is when I saw things start to change and it became, it was almost overnight. And I remember actually being at a bar in Brooklyn uh, on the night of the election. And I was there with who was my co-founder. We had started an astrology dating app that had actually closed about two months before uh, the election in 2016. Mm-hmm. And so we were there together at this bar. And, you know, the it was very clear that Trump was about to win. Mm-hmm. And all of these people who had heard that there were these two astrology bitches at the bar Mm -hmm. started to come to us and be like, well, what's going on? Like, can you explain this? And neither of us, I mean, we're also like babies. We're like pre-Saturn return, you know, like Mm -hmm. we, neither of us had, we had just been talking about like compatibility, you know, (laughs) like we didn't didn't know what was actually going on. But after that, you know, I started to, I revved up my studies and I started to look at more mundane, more global, more large scale astrology. So between 2016 and 2020, I felt pretty proficient and pretty capable of talking about what was going on in the world, or at least, you know, from the lens of an American um, and how to, you know, incorporate an astrological take on it. But Mm -hmm. 2020 changed everything because the scale and the stakes and the, you know, the, the magnitude and the gravity and like it being actually a life and death situation was something I hadn't encountered. And Mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of astrologers have encountered, frankly, who are alive currently. Mm -hmm. Um, And the pressure on us at that time in 2020 was tremendous. Um, and I, a lot of my colleagues went totally off the deep end, you know, Mm -hmm. they just totally started and whether or not they went into like, you know, conspiracy theories that start with the letter Q or not, Mm -hmm. like a lot of them did, I felt like they were behaving extraordinarily unethically, um, where they were really like, you know, they were perpetuating anxiety Mm -hmm. Um, they were, and I was watching it and there weren't, there isn't like a code, you know, like there are astrology institutions, but we're not like psychologists where there's a board, you know, we don't Mm -hmm. have standards of practice. So in 2020, it really became like, it was like a wild west of how this information was being disseminated. And then of course the rise of TikTok 
at that time as well uh-huh. makes it so much louder. And you have all of these people who are realizing that if you post something that's like really provocative yeah. about what's going on in the world, that it's going to get a lot of views and you're going to get a lot of followers. Mm-hmm. Suffice it to say, coming out of that, um, my practice has changed tremendously. And I have really just started to pivot more towards celebrity astrology. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because it's it feels more ethically sound than uh-huh. talking about like, for instance, we're seeing this, obviously what is going on in Ukraine is horrific. You know, mm-hmm. it is, there's a genocide happening, right? And yeah. I don't, feel comfortable. I don't feel ethically comfortable using astrology to talk about something like that because I don't, I'm not Ukrainian. You know, I'm not, I don't understand the nuances of what's going on. Right. And, but I see a lot of astrologers who do, you know, so it really becomes this sort of like, yeah, the ethics of it are really heavy and deep and complicated. Um, and in, in these situations, it's like, I'm glad that I'm in my thirties. I'm not, I'm glad I'm not in my twenties anymore. I'm glad that Mm -hmm. I have a strong enough core in what I know is right. And Mm -hmm. what I feel comfortable talking about. And if I don't feel comfortable, uh, comfortable talking about it, I'm not going to, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think that line, and I, I totally relate to that in terms of just being somebody who people look to for some kind of guidance, like especially on on the internet or in social media and all this pressure to kind of have an opinion about everything or have a take on everything that happens. And what is it that, what role is it that you want to play and really honing in on what you're about is sort, it takes a while to kind of figure that out. And actually like I had a therapist once that kind of helped me because I was I came into therapy, this was years ago. And I was like, you know, I don't know. I, I, this is how I feel about this, but I don't know if I want to say it because I don't know that. Da, 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 da. And, and she was like, you know what, focus on that, the deeper message, you know, focus on like the, what's at the core of it. You don't have to like get into the specifics. Right. Right. You don't have to get on the causal level. I mean, on the effect level, you can talk about the causal stuff. Yeah. And it was such a, good advice for me because I I started to see, okay, like people, like people are going to use it with whatever you say, (laughs) what they, how they want to use it. Right. But I'm interested in actually talking about um, where love is and where love isn't and, and, and empowering people from within um, in that way. And that kind of helped me as far as like, um, not feeling like I needed to pretend or to believe that I needed to know the answer to issues that I really don't know, or I really don't have enough information about, or I don't have any experience in. And and just because I have like a following does not mean that I should say what I think about this and deciding when and not to, to say the thing. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I really relate so hard. And I, um, there are a lot of responsibilities that come with being a person on the internet who is at all, you know, ha- is holding any, any extent of a following. Um, but I think especially when you have an expertise and people think that because you have a, an expertise, it makes you objective. Um, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's not true. 
You know, everyone is filtering information through their own biases. Mm -hmm. And that I think is something I don't, and I don't, that's not like a moral issue. You know, it's, that's not like, there's no moral, it's not good or bad. There's no binary Mm -hmm. in that, Mm -hmm. but it's just, it is true. You know, someone is interpreting astrology still through their own lens, still through their own political, social um, premise, you know, and we can't think, and if, if someone isn't, or if we, pr- if we believe that someone isn't, then we put them into a category of profit, right? Like, of course, this astrologer still has their own point of view. Of course, this astrologer is still interpreting the planets, interpreting what's going on through their own vantage point. You know, yes. and we follow people because we like their perspective on things, but it's not objective. And I think that yeah. that's the thing that is really like, been uh, really precarious for me in these past years is that we have some astrologers or experts or spiritual people who are saying like, well, my take on this is from source. You know, my Mm, take on this is mm -hmm. the only answer. It's the only way to interpret what's going on, which is just not true. It's not true. Yes. I, I totally agree with that. Hello, Exo Higher Self fam. It's Bunny here. I am so thrilled to announce my debut book, Hello Higher Self, an outsider's guide to loving yourself in a tough world is now available for pre-order. This book is the essential manual for unlearning your limiting beliefs that have been ingrained in you by the toxicity of our culture and your trauma and your socialization. We all have to unlearn this stuff so we can channel the power of our higher self. And everyone who pre-orders this book will receive a special free gift from me to be announced shortly. So hurry to the pre-order link in the show notes and get yourself a copy. I cannot wait for you to read it. The way that I, and, you know, I have very limited education about astrology and I know um, that it's so complex and you can be studying it your entire lifetime and it's just so vast and have so, has so many gifts within it. The way that I've kind of wrapped my mind around what it is, <laughs> is like sort of understanding just how, um, where energy is shifting like in relative to other things and kind of like the, the energy of the matrix that we're living in. And then um, underneath that, like kind of like source or whatever you want to call it is sort of like the witness to all that stuff. And, and when astrologers talk about planets or transits, it's kind of talking about the weather of energy in a way. I mean, that's kind of how I have, come to understand it in terms of my own spirituality and in terms of how I use it. Um, how would you explain? Cause I think a lot of people say, Oh yeah, astrology, but I don't think a lot of people really have a clear definition of it. I think that it's, um, it's a few different things. I think mm-hmm. it's a strong language of archetypes, mm-hmm. which is really important. Right. Right. Um, right. And it's really, and when you're look, using astrology for self-actualization, for self-reflection, that deep and strong language of archetypes is 
super meaningful. Right. And, you know, because it adds so much complexity and nuance and dimensionality to an individual experience. But I think that broadly astrology is also patterns. I think that it's time. I think it's really just it's seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and different planets have different orbits that speak to different seasons, you know, mm-hmm. that speak to, for instance, like the moon has a 28-day orbit. It stays in a sign for approximately two and a half days. So it's sort of like, it reminds us that our emotions are recycling on this 28-day basis, but it also is allows us to think like we can be in an emotional space and that emotional space is going to last us about two and a half days, you know, uh, which yeah. I also think is just a really great way of like tracking your own experience moving through the world. And then we have a solar experience, which is our more external experience. And that's a year cycle, right? And we stay mm. in a sign for about a month. And that month sort of corresponds perfectly with like the season, like the weather, you know, what's going on in in terms of like the, the collective consciousness of how we're feeling, of what we're interested in. We have things like Saturn that take 29 years, you know, and all of these are different hands on a clock. So instead of just looking right, at it as right. seconds and minutes and hours, we're also adding in a hand for the moon, a hand for the sun, a hand for Mercury, so uh-huh. that we can sort of measure time through these more expanded landscapes. Yeah, that's really, really cool. And that's why it's so complex. And that's why there's so many different um, levels to understanding it. And I also kind of like too that even without knowing a lot about it for me, sometimes I'll listen to an astrological report or somebody talking about it and just feel like this um, intuitive, like connection to that, what they're describing. Like, oh my gosh, yes. Like I just, you know, you can feel it inside of you. Um, And it's, it's really, really cool. What advice would you give people who kind of, get in a place where they feel like, say they're really into astrology, say they've been kind of following, learning more about their natal chart and stuff like that, and feel a little bit bogged down by learning about certain challenges that are in their chart and um, how they can work with that in a positive way. Well, two things. Um, Something I've been saying a lot recently is, you know what you need to know when you need to know it. So if something, if you're learning astrology or you're starting to work with your chart and there's something where you just like, oh, like, what is it? Like, I can't figure it out. I can't, like, it's not sticking. I learn it and then I can't seem to memorize it. Like, you don't Mm -hmm. need to know it at that time. It's, It's unnecessary. Focus on what is actually interesting to you, on what is actually pulling your attention. Because in the spiritual realm, it's pulling your attention for a reason and something that is not like that you feel like obligated to learn about, but not like actually like it's not resonating is something that you don't need to know at that time. You know, I think that there is this like warp speed learning that has been going on in the past couple of years, which is cool, but also uh, artificial and false. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. not how astrology like really unfolds. It's something Mm -hmm. that unfolds very organically And the way to learn a lot of astrology is not like to do it as fast as possible. It's to spend your time and like really like ruminate on these different concepts so that you can 
unpack every single thing for as long as it takes, you know, so no time pressure. But then if there's something that you've discovered in your chart that feels like a challenge um, and that's like, oh, where do I even begin with this? First of all, like the challenges in our chart are the things that make us who we are. You know, those are the character defining most monumentally meaningful things. I love looking at charts that are riddled with challenges because that really speaks volumes to the depth of a person Mm -hmm. um, and to the amount of things, to the pushback that they have on their own internal chart. Like that's perspective, that's wisdom, that's understanding. Mm -hmm. So the challenges in our charts are not there to curse us. They're not there to make our life harder. They're there to inspire us, to activate us, to empower us to like really explore our full potential. So I think that I see challenges as blessings. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. Um, I definitely feel like all of the ways in which I was limited in, in how I grew up or, you know, like those types of struggles really shaped my depth and really allowed me to see that that stuff became my gifts and became the things that I was able to connect with other people about, which is awesome. Um, you mentioned that you were doing celebrity astrology and that kind of made me think about like um, archetypes in a way, how celebrities can represent that in a culture. Do you see it like that kind of? Totally, completely. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, and it's also part of like how I like to teach astrology is like, mm. if you know that Mariah Carey is an Aries, then you're right. going to be like, oh, Aries, got it. <laughs> you know, right. we have like a collective idea, which is in the same way of, you know, in mythology, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for instance, the Greco-Roman mythology, like everyone knew who like Venus or Aphrodite was, you know, that was like a shared collective celebrity, you know, a celebrity archetype um, where people yeah. be like, oh, that's such a Aphrodite thing to do, such a Venus thing to do. You know, it's like, that's, such a Mariah Carey thing to do. Yeah. And everyone will have that sort of like shared understanding. Yeah. It's so relatable. And I remember the other day, or I don't know what day it was, but after the whole drama at the um, Oscars and stuff, and then you posted this video on Instagram that showed what was happening in Will Smith's chart at that exact moment. And it's whether, no matter what your opinion is over like things happen or what celebrity does or the morals of celebrities or whatever. It's just like a, a tool in the learning repertoire that everybody can kind of relate to. And I think that that's a really cool way of thinking about it. Cause when people hear the word celebrity, they're like, ugh, like they just think in their mind, like, I don't know, like tabloids or something like that. Um, So it's really interesting to be able to, take like pop culture and actually use it as a tool for your own, for healing people. Yeah, I I think so too. And thanks for (laughs) saying that because to me that like, you know, I, (laughs) there's a lot of things that might feel like contradictions, like (laughs) about the work that I do. But for me, it's very cohesive. Like we can't put celebrities on pedestals. It's really toxic to do that we can't say a celebrity is good or bad. That's so like, I think that the implications of that are like horrendous, you know? Astrology creates a space for us to think about people through multidimensional lenses, right? So naturally 
taking a celebrity and being like, and filtering them through an astrological approach is going to give us this much more um, dynamic, much more complicated, nuanced understanding of who they are and how they function. And the fact that like, there's an external, there's an internal, there's a, all of these, like, just they're a whole person, you know, with a whole story and a whole life that isn't reflected in just pop culture. And that to me is like the microcosm, macrocosm. If we can do that with celebrities, like we can do that for ourselves. We can do that on an individual level and on a societal level too, where we can like break out of just having this like good and bad morality and just allow things to be complicated, which is- Mm -hmm ultimately like the best healing work of all, you know? So like, I do feel like it is this, uh, it's this mission of like, how do we in, you know, how do we allow celebrities to be, you know, where apply compassion when needed, and then also apply um, a level of discernment when needed so that we're not just saying like, oh, you know, so we don't feel like they let us down when they do something that feels out of character when it's like, well, that was a one dimensional character to begin with, you know, like right. that was, has a Scorpio moon, like let him have a Scorpio moon, let him do whatever he needs to do with that Scorpio moon. Uh-huh. No problem. You know, yeah. like it's to me, I think it is, it is healing. Yeah. That's such a cool way. And I, and you're really expanding my, um, understanding of it of astrology in general about healing. And it's very similar to how I try to approach the concept of higher self and especially on this podcast and um, basically it being all about understanding what our societal learned hierarchical beliefs are, the things that we judge each other on based on this hierarchy of, of worth in whatever category that is, and really trying to decondition ourselves from all of that conditioning to be able to see the humanity in ourselves and in other people. And from that place, it's just so empowering because you realize that somebody's behavior, there's so many things going on (laughs) in in somebody's behavior. And, and there's so many things going on in how different people relate to language or how they grew up or what the what bodies they were born into and and the circumstances that they're in and I just feel like it's really hard these days to have a conversation that is nuanced to have a conversation about trying to see people through that lens which is you know I would call love or compassion or you know just to have that vision and it's really cool I'm I'm just like having these like epiphanies about astrology in that sense that (laughs) that's what astrology is doing it's saying hey there's all of these different things going on there's all these different parts of a person that affect who they are and and how they view and and there's all these different things about you and at your essence you're just both on this journey of trying to love yourself, trying to find peace, trying to awaken to your power and, and, and feel lovable totally, and heal. And we're all in a different place. And that's to me, in my opinion, is that that's all that's really going on in the world. (laughs) You know, we think we're doing all of these things like having jobs and, and having (laughs) like, you know, and like having a haircut or whatever, but really like, these are just like aspects of our inner 
awakening, the path of our inner awakening. And they're all just reflections of that. Totally. I, I completely agree. And I had, you know, as <laughs> to, to exhibit that I had a client many years ago who, you know, just kept getting into these like fucked up relationships with like more or less the same person, you know, mm-hmm. like all different varieties of the same unavailable person. And at a certain point in one of my sessions with her, I was like, he's not even real. <laughs> he's not even a real person. Like you made him up. And she was like, no, Whoa. I didn't. And I was like, no, I mean, you, this is from straight from your psyche, straight yeah. from your psyche is, does this person come, you know, yeah. because this person might not be this person in any other context except with you. Oh my gosh, And yes. it's because like, it's this pattern of this behavior that makes this person be this way. Like this person is, exists independently outside of this framework, but with mm-hmm. in what you are drawing in and the way that you are relating to people right now because of, because of these wounds, mm-hmm. everyone has, is, is the same, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not real. Yeah. Yeah, it's, oh, and that's really what I try to, similarly, I try to, you know, when people send in questions to this podcast, it's, 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 it's like the way I approach it is kind of cutting through that lens, you know, kind of tearing that down to show that, you know, this is you, the lens that you're coming at this with. And this is the lens that other person is coming at this with. Both of them are valid. Both of your needs are valid. And how do you come to a place where both of you accept each other for where you are in your journey, what you're dealing with, and the ways in which you're both committed to growing and understanding and, you know, seeing each other and stuff. And that kind of be like the basis for, and, and to me, that's like, a word for that would be higher self because it's like, how do you see the higher self in another person? How do you see where we are connected, where we are right. one? You know, like we're connected through this place that is beyond all of that stuff, you know, and the process of understanding that stuff, bring that stuff to our awareness, but be staying grounded in the fact that we are so much more than all of those details and totally and stuff like that. Yeah. And like our, our filter for how we are experiencing reality at any given moment is also going to inform the type of relationships we have, the type of opportunities we have or don't have the type of, um, you know, it's, it's going, it's our understanding of our life, you know, mm-hmm. has so much to do with the relationship between our internal experience. I mean, everything begins with the internal experience and then is projected outward. Um, and then also, of course, outward, you know, it's a feedback loop Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. well, you know, like the outward, but I have a a philosophy that we always are trying to prove ourselves, right. Mm -hmm. You know, we're very rarely trying to debunk our own belief system. Um, and if we're constantly trying to prove ourselves right, and if we constantly are believing that we're unworthy or we're not good enough or that we're undeserving, then we're going to continue to see that uh, over and over again. Yes. Uh, and especially if you had parents or you you grew up somewhere where you were also getting that externally, like breaking out of that is is unbelievably challenging and unbelievably hard. But sometimes it is kind of like, you know, using a tool like astrology or just even um, tricking yourself into allowing yourself to have a different narrative start to circulate in your own consciousness so that 
there are some variations of thought and it's not just like I'm unworthy. I'm not good enough. I'm not perfect. I, everything's horrible in my life. Just even like putting a little, like things are good or like, I'm allowed to feel that way. You know, the type of stuff that you do in higher self is so important. I mean, it's invaluable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I also just feel like recognizing that you're going to have all that stuff, like similar to the challenges in your chart. Like, yes, that stuff is there. It's, it's interesting. (laughs) And, and, um, but it doesn't, you don't have to let it overwhelm you. You, It doesn't define you. Right. And how can you work with this? How can you turn it into um, something that is part of your healing repertoire? Um, I, before we get to the listener question, which I'm now I'm really excited to get to, I do want to ask you just um, on a personal level, I know that you, you're doing so much work, you are helping so many people, you are very much, it's seemingly comfortable in doing a lot of public stuff and, you know, being on and doing all of these different videos and celebrity astrology and all that kind of thing. Um, how do you take care of yourself in this process? Like, how are you able to make sure that you're still prioritizing your own healing while at the same time helping so many other people? Uh, I hope to get better at it. (laughs) I, I'm not very good at it. I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, the other piece of this is that I think like a lot of people who are in this space, um, a lot of my, a lot of my origin story came from trauma and from wounds, you know, like I had to, um, take care of my mom in all of these and still do, you know, in all of these very, you know, being very hyper alert and hyper vigilant to like what her needs are. And that has very much shaped my person. And it's also, uh, why I think I'm really good at my job. You know, like Mm -hmm. I think I'm really hyper attuned to subtleties because of being raised in an environment where I needed to be. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm much better at sort of like seeing externally what's going on than knowing what's going on with me a lot of the time. You know, like I'll, it's hard for me to know like, oh, am I hungry? (laughs) Am I tired? Like what are like my biological needs right now? Um, Because that wasn't something that was, you know, I didn't really Mm -hmm. get that experience growing up. So I hope to have that. (laughs) I hope in a year I'll have a better answer. Um, Mm -hmm. But I guess the honest answer is that it's a work in progress. Yeah. I, yeah, I think everybody feels like that, you know, every, I feel like who couldn't say that they could do, who wouldn't say that they could do a better job at taking care of themselves. And, and I just know Sometimes I think when we're doing this work, we think that this is our healing, you know, but I right. have to, yeah, you have to totally. be really careful because it's not, there's yes. all certain, one million percent, one million percent. It's like, oh that yeah, is- I'm working on my spirituality because I'm talking about spirituality. It's like, yes. no, there's another part of this. That's really all only about you. Yes. And when are you spending time with yourself and when are you really getting that intimate, that intimacy? Yeah. I think, you know, I, I would say that my partner, um, has been paramount in holding the mirror up 
for me. Mm. It, without him, I think that I would have already burned out, you know, and would be in a much, I, I don't think I would have been able to, I would be making sustainable choices, but he and his beautiful Virgo moon is like, you know, you need to go to bed or like right. you need to eat or you need to put your fucking phone down for a second, you know? Um, and that does keep me in check. I wish that I could say that that was a checks and balances that I was able to generate for myself. But right now it still seems like it has to come from an external source. Well, you generated him in your life. So that's true. That's true. It was for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> Can we get to this question from Melissa? Let's do it. Okay. Um, just so you know, audience, I don't know what this question is and neither does Aliza. So we're going in cold, we don't know. cold turkey. See what we got here. And thank you for whoever sent this in. Okay. Hi, I want to express what I've been going through lately in hopes that this can help others who might be experiencing similar feelings. The last few months have been deeply transformative, transformative for me, but in the process, I feel super lonely. How can I remain grounded in my worth after being betrayed so many times? How can I stay faithful after experiencing outcomes I didn't expect from jobs, friendships, and relationships? It feels like I'm having a quarter life crisis and like I'm an outcast. It doesn't help not having my close friends around because they don't live in the same city as me anymore. I miss sisterhood. I miss love. I miss having a lap to cry on and a hand to hold. But lately, I've been the one to do those things for myself. And although it fills me with more strength, it also fills me with pain and loneliness. The last time I went out, I ran into one of the people that hurt me and got triggered. When they saw me, they gave me dirty looks and whispered things to their friends' ears. This hurts so much, but I understand why and I understand the situation. I've had to take breaks from social media because I see the person I used to date who also hurt me deeply, liking and commenting interests in other women in my life that he knows are my friends and that also feels disrespectful and deeply triggering. How can I come back to myself and love myself regardless of what people think of me or what they have done to me? I just want my faith to be restored. I'm tired of being discouraged or disappointed by outcomes and people I thought would be here for me. Sometimes I feel like I'm missing out or I'm just not doing, or I'm just doing everything wrong. Sometimes I feel, find myself coming home and crying by myself and I don't even know why, or maybe it's just a combination of everything I've been through and how big my dreams are. Sometimes it scares me. I'm practicing gratitude, although... I'm practicing gratitude through all these emotions and trying to keep my head above water and thank God and the universe for keeping me alive every day. But sometimes I faint, the pain feels unbearable. I'd love to know your thoughts on this. Initial thoughts. Do you, do you want me to start? Do you have some you, thoughts? You can start if you, if, if it's come to you. Well, I would, there's a few things there. I mean, there's a lot. That's yeah, a, there's, there's a, a meaty, a, meaty submission. This is a meaty. And thank you so much for your vulnerability, by the way. Yes. Yes. And I would say that the that it having there being so many dimensions to this mm -hmm. is what stands out to me the most. Is that we have the stratification of the former life and then the future life. And th this person seems like they feel very much between those two spaces, mm. recognizing that a lot of things in the, you know, in the past have caused them great amount of pain and still reconciling that, but then also have optimism and hope and excitement for what is 
to come, um, which it also sounds like this person might be uh, right before their Saturn return, (laughs) maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, on the precipice of their Saturn return. Mm -hmm. And not to say that that is par for the course, um, but it also is, you know, that time period in someone's life is very painful when you are being sort of like pulled in these two different directions or not even just two, like many different directions, straddling sort of who you thought you were going to be and then realizing who you, who you were really growing into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, and along that lines, I would say, I think that sometimes when we're going through those time periods of transition or awakening, it actually seems that things are harder, but really stuff is just becoming more in our awareness, the way our relationships affect us, the type of people we want to be around, the way our past has shaped how we feel about ourselves. And as we're going through this growth and this evolution, it can feel like I'm going backwards or I've, or I'm stuck or like, and you know, if you're crying at night because you feel like overwhelmed by the amount of um, information that's kind of coming to you and the amount that, that you're noticing your feelings and actually allowing them to be felt and being really honest also too, about the mistakes you've made and all of that stuff. It can be really easy to think that there must be something wrong here because this is hard. (laughs) Um, But it is hard, right? Healing is hard. Growing is hard. Relationships are hard. Yeah. And the only way to really understand what it is that you need in terms of the direction in your life or the type of people you want to hang out with or what makes you happy is to have these experiences that are difficult. I mean, how many bad relationships have I been in? Like <laughs> so many. And at Hard the time, life. yeah. And at the time I thought, you know, in the aftermath of that stuff, you, you can feel like the lowest of all, but thank freaking God I went through that stuff or else I wouldn't have known what my boundaries should be or else I, you know, I wouldn't have known um, how I need to be accountable in relationships. Yes. Um, so I, I think that like the process of healing, um, you can get really caught up in the details that are kind of being sprung at you, you know, um, and be like, there's all of this stuff happening, you know, like there's this and this and this, and I'm confused about that, confused about that. But I think it's really just one issue. And the, the issue is that you're on your path of awakening to fully accepting yourself for who you are right now. And when that happens, all of the things that you think aren't okay about you come up and show their face so that you can be like, you know what? I accept that part. I accept that I didn't know that at that time when I behaved that way. I accept that I made a bad choice. I accept that um, I realized that relationship needed to end. 
I accept that like I had challenges in the past, but that doesn't define me. And this is like the process. And maybe that's, I mean, maybe you know better, Elisa, but is that something that also happens during Saturn return? Kind of like this reassess, this looking, you know, all that stuff coming up. Yeah, it's everything that you described. It's it's the process of arriving, mm-hmm. you know, arriving into your, not your full state of being, but definitely a more true, a, a truer manifestation of your identity based on all of the things that have happened to you throughout your life and yeah. being able to discern, well, what are my values from society's values? What are what are the things that I want to be focusing my time on? Time is such an operative Saturn word um, versus like what has, what did I think I should be spending my time on? You know, right. who should I be spending my time with? I feel like I, I want to sort of resonate what you had said or I guess reverberate what you had said um, about it being hard. Like oh, growth is hard. Self-discovery is hard. Evolution is hard. And then also being in a shitty relationship is hard. Mm-hmm. Also being with someone who has betrayed you and choosing not to look at that is hard yes. because it's the same information, whether or not you are aware of it, you're shining yes. a light on it. Like if someone is, is um, hurting you, it's hard whether or not you give it recognition. Yes. It's just hard in a different way and it's yeah. metabolizing in a different space. Mm-hmm. So to echo what you're saying, um, looking at something and being like, oh my God, I can't believe that this person like betrayed me or, or, or you know, did whatever they did to me is painful to observe it. But even if you're not consciously aware of it, that's still going somewhere in your body. You know, it's still going somewhere in your psyche to be betrayed, to be hurt, to be wounded in those ways. So, you know, the choice to look at it as hard and to see it and to really process it as hard, I think is probably is always the better choice than to try to ignore it and just hope it goes away. Or if you talk about it, then maybe it won't be real. Like, no, it's always going to be real in every dimension. It's real. So bringing it into the light is the best way of healing. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of like, I, in 2019, I realized I had this, uh, health issue, this parathyroid disease that I didn't know about. Um, and who knows how long I had it because I hadn't gone to the doctor for a really long time. Um, and when I did finally go to a doctor and get blood tests, they were like, Oh, you, you have this problem. You're going to have to have surgery. Da, da, da. Then I had like, you know, these growths and this whole process began when I got those test results. And it seemed like it was way worse <laughs> to right, know. Right to know the diagnosis and to know, but all of that time, that disease was like destroying my body and I didn't know it, but that doesn't mean it wasn't seriously affecting me in ways that I had, I wasn't conscious of. Yes. Um, but you know, the process of having to have surgery and, you know, take medication and, you know, deal with all of that felt overwhelming, felt, unbearable at times. And, um, so I, I I feel like it's very similar in that way. And that's kind of like how the healing process is just really, really difficult. And I also want to say just in terms of, I just want to address real quick that, um, 
running into the old friends and thinking, you know, the whispering in your ears, just to bring back up again, what you said, Elisa, about how we do a lot of projecting in terms of like thinking somebody is how, how they're fitting in, in their, your life or how you're experiencing them is really a reflection of how, you know, you're feeling internally and it isn't necessarily fact. Right. Right. And it's not like, um, definitive fact, yeah. you know, it's, it's nebulous, you know, <laughs> it's like unclear, mm-hmm. um, our interpretation of that same incident could be played over from many different people's perspectives Mm -hmm. and the, like the narrative could look radically different. Yeah. And how do you, how do you take that narrative um, from the perspective of you are somebody who is working on yourself. You're obviously somebody who is being accountable. Um, You're somebody who is, trying new things and having new relationships and new experiences. And that's who you are. So how do we change the narrative from the perspective of who you used to be to who right. you are now as somebody, I'm, I'm a person that is healing myself, you know, yeah. and what does that narrative look like? And so I would uh, encourage you to investigate that narrative, maybe journal about it, you know, try to like, um, write some stuff maybe from your higher self perspective what would my higher self tell me right now what are some loving things and encouraging things what have I what am I proud of right now and and it's really about where you put your focus yeah I there was this one moment in the in the submission where the person sort of listed this like host of like I'm not good enough I'm not this enough and honestly like I don't know what your experience was in hearing that but to me it did not sound like the same writer. It sounded Mm. like the sort of the anxiety Mm -hmm. of writing it and like pulling all of that up, getting in the mix. Yeah. um, As opposed to like actually what that person believes about themselves, because then this person also has like big dreams and big goals and big aspirations. And like that sounded more like the truth of this person's experience. And then the, I'm not good enough. Like I'm doing a bad job at everything. Like that sounded like it was the I, I, I'm so resistant to use this word because it's been so, uh, you know, appropriated by like such shitty groups, but like, that's like the programming, you know, like that mm-hmm. is the, that feels like it's more of like the default setting of why is this mm-hmm. happening to me? I'm not, not good enough. But I think that at the core of a lot of um, what this person's submission is, is the recognition that they are between some, you know, that they are growing and that yeah. it's hard. And that's yeah. true. That is yeah. true. It's hard that, to grow. That's really what this 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 email is about. Yeah. It's really like a, a testament to like the their their where they are in their own growth. And yes. and and we're we're acknowledging that yes, it isn't easy, but you are doing it. I mean, the fact that you wrote this, let me tell right. you, like it takes it takes a lot to get to the point where you care enough about yourself to be like, I need, I want some help. I want some guidance. I'm going to write this letter because I care enough about myself to get another take on this. And yeah. because I actually know that this isn't right. Yes. yes totally. <laughs> you know, so totally. you're doing right. great. <laughs> you're doing great. Keep going. It's, yeah. it's not easy work, but it's rewarding. Yeah. And it does, and and time helps. 
It know? does. And it it's gets, not always like this. No, it gets, um, you had just, you get more experience with it. So the mm-hmm. cycle is faster and shorter and you can yeah. process things. You can process the sensitivities um, with a little bit more, you have a, like a higher tolerance for when shit hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yay. <laughs> Uh, before I let you go and thank you so much for talking for so long and I've had an amazing time there is a question that uh I've been trying to ask every guest um and that is what are you working on unlearning or what is the most important thing that you feel like you're unlearning at this moment perfection Mm, yeah yeah I think that unlearning how to measure myself in the terms of like aptitude, you know, and like looking, you know, waking up at 5 a.m. and having like a perfect morning routine. I have no morning routine. Uh, I, it's a miracle to wake up <laughs> period. Literally, like I, I also feel like there, I have a, there's a lot of pressure to have a certain lifestyle when you are a spiritual person and to have yeah. a certain level of like integration of that in your daily experience. And I'm, I'm trying to remember that like I'm doing a great job you and are. I'm doing a great job doing things in a, in a way that only I can do. Yes. So like trying to put like you know, trying to make my life look like an Instagram reel, like just isn't going to work and yeah. it shouldn't. And that's why yeah. it's my life, <laughs> not an yeah. Instagram reel. And how powerful and healing it is just to hear you say that, you know yeah. what I mean? Like that is to me way more um, inspiring than you being like, I've got this all figured out. (laughs) And I am like, I have the answer and I know I'm doing exactly everything the way I want to be doing it. You know, (laughs) I'd I'd be like, okay, cool. (laughs) That would be really, really sus. That would be super sus. And I am am, like, when when I hear people say that, I I am really sus on that, you know? Because it's like, that can't be. Something is, a jar yeah. that you're not exposing which is even freakier yeah yeah <laughs> thank you so much Elisa. thank you so much so, so nice to see you I hope to see awesome. you again very soon we probably will oh will you tell people how to um reach your work and follow yes, you and all yes stuff? I'm I'm everywhere on the internet at Eliza Kelly uh I have a weekly podcast called stars like us Um, And then I also have a live show that I do on Thursdays at 10 p.m. called Astrology Dating. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Exo Higher Self is recorded in Brooklyn, New York, hosted by me, Bunny Michael, produced by Kara Gilvey with original music and sound mixing by Michael Bihari. 